0: Welcome back to another episode of Pickles and Vodka, the unfiltered mental health podcast dedicated to talking about the things no one wants to talk about in real life. My name's Christina, your host, and I know I'm recording this intro a little bit earlier than usual. Normally I record them uh, Sunday evening before releasing the new episode, but today is Wednesday, August 4th. I, I don't even fucking know. Uh, August 5th. Wow. It's the 5th of August, I just had um, my first therapy appointment in a while, and um, I don't know, I thought I would talk about it while it's still fresh in my mind before getting into this week's episode. By the way, great episode, I can't wait for you guys to hear it. I interview my old uh, college RA, her name's Key, and we talk about, oh my god, a whole bunch of things, uh, namely spiritual abuse. Um, We both grew up religious. We went to a religious college. And so, as you can imagine, we have gone through a lot of shit and are very different people than we used to be. Our values have changed a lot. And um, Key is just the perfect person to talk about this. Like, I I have so much respect for her. She's just so wise and funny. And I can't wait for you guys to hear. But... Yeah, my own therapy experience in the last six months, for those who don't know, uh, I have not been seeing a therapist since I was hospitalized last year for my alcohol use. The reason why is that I moved and it was too far away. And I don't know, I just kind of never made it happen. Uh, Since COVID hit, I have tried two different therapists and... Neither of them really worked out past the initial session. So this is my third try and um, I like this woman a lot. I think it's gonna go well. We basically just talked about why I was seeking therapy and um, I mean, you guys know that I've been, I have my issues. Uh, I got my toolbox of disorders and emotional trauma. But I don't know. One thing I really want to practice moving forward is mindfulness and self-compassion. Those are the two big things that I want to work on. Uh, Self-compassion is pretty obvious. Um, Just learning to treat myself like I would a a good friend who's going through a hard time. Learning to forgive myself and um, not hating myself every second of every day that would be nice. But the mindfulness part, I, I think mindfulness is used a lot. And a lot of people, when they think of it, they think like meditation, uh, which I've tried. It, I don't really think it's for me. But the way I describe mindfulness is just being able to sit in my emotions as they happen and acknowledge them and not try to squash them down or run away from them, but rather just be mindful of them. for lack of a better term. I, I move so quickly through life, and I think just learning to slow down and focus on the here and now is going to be a really important part of my recovery. So yeah, being more mindful and just continuing to process why I am the way I am, continuing to delve into childhood issues and unpacking all the things that are just ingrained in my being that should not be there. I mean, at certain points in time, I'm sure they served me well, but now is definitely the time to say goodbye to some of these coping mecha- me- <laughs> some of these coping mechanisms. I cannot say that to save my life. Um, it's going to be hard because I've lived my whole life with these things and now that they're causing me more harm than good, it's time to reevaluate and it's going to be scary, but, uh, I am I'm, I'm really happy to have found this therapist and I think it's going to be good. Another thing that I wanted to talk about is, um, something that happened to me this past weekend. Uh, I went to my first socially distant party for the first time since all this stuff went down. Uh, I went with my boyfriend, and I met a lot of his friends. We floated on a lake, and then we went back and hung out in someone's backyard. And it was fun, but I found myself experiencing a lot of anxiety and just physical exhaustion that I haven't experienced in a long time. I like to think of myself as a social person. I love making new friends and talking to people. But I don't know, I, I, it kind of came out of the blue. And I realized that it was the first time I had really met anyone new since COVID hit. Like, since then, I've just been mostly hanging out with people I know in my, in my circle. And I guess I wasn't expecting it. And in the moment, I, I felt really guilty. And, you know, like I said, anxious, like, what's wrong with me why can't I just hang out with these cool people and have fun why am I trapped in my own head and in the moment I I felt those feelings and I tried to ground myself by just focusing on what was happening there and now like I am sitting in a floaty on the lake it's beautiful out I have sparkling water in my hand Uh, there's music playing, you know, over there there's children splashing, that person is wearing a pink swimsuit, you know, stuff like that. And it it, it did help. But ultimately, I think what helped the most was just letting myself feel those things and not judging them. Like, it's okay to have negative thoughts and feelings. It, It happens to everyone. And the following day, I woke up, And I felt pretty good. I was like, you know what? I went and I did the thing and I talked to the people. And sure, I might have felt some unpleasant emotions, but I did it. And now I am glad that I did it. And I feel like moving forward, the next time I am in that kind of situation, I can be a little more prepared, like that mindfulness exercise I just described. Um, You know, maybe (laughs) make sure I'm well rested and have some caffeine before the next time. But yeah, I just wanted to share about that because I know a lot of us are going to be moving into similar situations maybe now that restrictions are starting to ease up. Well, in some places. Obviously, stay at home when you can. Wear your fucking mask. Try to limit your social excursions. But with that said, we all have social needs and it's really important for your mental health to see other people and So be you know, use common sense, be cautious. But if you do find yourself in a social situation and you find yourself feeling overwhelmed, just remember it's okay to feel that way and try not to beat yourself up for feeling that way. Um, with that said, I guess I'll jump right into the episode. You guys can follow Pickles and Vodka Podcast on Instagram at pickles and vodka podcast. I'm on Facebook. Not a lot going on there, but if you're inclined, you can like my page. If you want to be a guest on the show, I would be happy to have you and hear your mental health experiences with no judgment. We can sit around for an hour and just shoot the shit. So you can email me, picklesandvodkapodcast at gmail.com, or you can just DM me on Instagram. Uh, That works too. Yeah, I hope you guys enjoy your week. And here is my interview with Key hey oh my god we did it (laughs) (laughs) i was like wait wait is
1: she calling me oh shit (laughs) i went to check on my yams and i came back and i was like oh it's a missed call oh my god wait you're making yams (laughs) Yes. Yeah. <laughs> How
0: do you prepare them because I live and breathe yams, but I call them sweet potatoes. Um, is there a difference? Yeah,
1: well, yeah, yeah no, there is. I don't know why I say yams. I always say sweet <laughs> <yams>. <laughs> so I just ball them and then I put butter and a little bit of sugar in them, and that's it. Oh, I.
0: You can't go wrong with yams. It's got <laughs> everything you need. This episode that's is about all... yams now. <laughs> That's all I do. <laughs> right? Same. How right. are you? It's been such a long time. How long has it oh. been? Like
1: Geez, nine years?
0: Fuck. We're old.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We met We're under old. really
0: weird circumstances too. It seems like another lifetime ago. Yeah. Like, I'm- like I I feel like I was a different person then but also I love that we've stayed in touch and that with we've both changed a lot I mean I don't want to assume anything about you but from what you've told me like you don't seem like a lot of the people that we went to college with
1: (laughs) right I'm a completely different person Um, and it all just happened within like three to four years ago
0: better late than never
1: right right
0: will you introduce yourself for the listeners
1: yeah, uh, to everyone, my name is Kianti Richard, but everyone just calls me Key. Uh, I'm from Louisiana, <laughs> from the dirty south, <laughs> and uh, I met Christina, uh, at or Roberts.
0: <laughs> Are we
1: should we say what the name or should we just say like?
0: A Christian school. <laughs> I don't know. I, I feel like I'm gonna be smite smited down if I say that name.
1: <laughs> I know, right? I'm I'm still that way. I'm like, do I really want to tell people where I went to college? Like,
0: <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, oh, I didn't even graduate from there. You did.
1: Yeah, what's, yeah. what's
0: that been like? Do people even care when they find out?
1: Um, it depends on the age. Uh, so if they're older, they're fascinated by it and they love it because they grew up with the tent revivals and, you know, they remember like the times for Or Roberts. So a lot of them, especially, I will say at least 60 and up, hmm. think it's just the greatest thing ever. <laughs>
0: I mean, that's my but, dad. He's an alumni or alumnus. I don't know. Right. Obviously, I went to college, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, so you went. What? Which years were you? How many years were you there?
1: I was there four years, from the fall of two thousand seven till spring of eleven. Okay. That's yeah, right. I made you... it all four years.
0: <sighs> you, I feel like we should talk a little more about it. I mean, you know, this is happening now. <laughs> we're just gonna, we're just gonna go right into it.
1: Oh gosh.
0: Like, right. I, I don't even know how to explain it to people who haven't experienced it. Like, especially now that I live in a more, like, I live in the Pacific Northwest. Everyone's more liberal here, mm-hmm. and no one knows what Oral Roberts is, you know? So, right. like, I, I don't even know how to describe it to people who are listening and might not know.
1: Oh, man. It's... <laughs> <laughs> it's... it's like a church camp on steroids. <laughs> yeah I mean that sounds about right but you're
0: paying I, you know out the ass oh, for it
1: like $30,000 a year I am
0: still paying off debt from there and I oh, didn't yeah. even graduate I only went two years
1: oh it's ridiculous yeah we were paying $30,000 with so many restrictions
0: oh yeah curfew at 1 30 a.m were you there when the curfew was different for women than it was for men oh
1: I don't think so because it used to be an hour
0: earlier for women, but they changed it. I want to say in the last Maybe. two decades, pretty
1: okay,
0: recently, <laughs> relatively recently.
1: I know I was there when it used to be twelve thirty, and then it bumped up to one thirty.
0: Man, we got into a lot of mischief before one thirty. Let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know if I should tell you. I mean, you're you were an RA. So that's, oh, how I, I that's how we know each care. other. That's how we know each other. Key was my RA. I remember uh, walking into the dorm, and I was scared because it was my first time away from home. And you came up and gave me the best hug I've ever had in my entire life. You just made me feel so at home. And like honestly, I still compare all other hugs to your hugs.
1: <laughs> you're that like the best. You're the
0: best hugger ever. Uh, oh, but yeah, man. that's how
1: we know each other. Yeah, I had a that was my senior year. And so most of my girls were freshmen, so I did really feel like the mama bear of the group. Totally. Uh, <laughs> but you know, I tried to be the RA that was not into your business. Like well, I tried best my kind. best. And if you had something you needed, you could come to me. But I'm not about to be uh Scooping around and right. hiding behind bushes, trying to catch you doing um, stuff. I, I had a
0: few of those.
1: <laughs> oh wow! Let's just say I never won any uh, Best RA awards. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, you were there for us. We had some, we had some messy hoes on our floor.
1: <laughs> we did. We did. <laughs> I mean,
0: as a messy hoe, I we had some real winners. Uh, I, I can only yeah. imagine what you had to deal with. But the fact is, like, I f- we were different people back then. I feel like I never got to know, like, the real you.
1: Right, right. So
0: it's really it's really cool to catch up now and just get to talk to you for an hour, you know?
1: Right. Because and- uh,
0: we have so many views in common now that you will talk
1: about. You know, I look back over my life and I think... I'm 31 years old. And for like the first time, I actually feel like I'm making my own decisions. That's amazing. I'm I'm controlling my own thoughts. Uh, I'm making decisions for myself. That's not based on my religion or my family. Uh, (laughs) So I'm
0: going to tear up. This is like so emotional.
1: (laughs) Like it's, it's, It's amazing, but it's also scary at the same time. Um, but I lived in that Christian bubble or whatever people want to call it for so long, I didn't even realize how close minded I was, how judgmental I was, how prideful I was. So
0: And it's a work in progress, right? Like breaking right. out of that. Like, I I also can relate to those traits you just mentioned. And I feel like every day I have to fight it, you know, right. like it's just ingrained in you. Uh, but we're jumping ahead a little bit. Um, <laughs> so you graduated in 2011. Yes. And so what what did you do after that? Walk me through your so, life.
1: Oh, Jesus. So <laughs> after that, I stayed in the fucking bubble. I started working at a church. <laughs> it's the thing to do. Right. So I started working at a church uh in Shreveport and What was your degree in? Uh it was in management information systems. So it's pretty much I'm a computer nerd. Nice. So started working at the church, super involved in ministry uh and end up just <laughs> getting backstabbed. <laughs> um then what? Oh I definitely got uh backstabbed mm. got stabbed in the back um by someone that was very close to me that was a pastor. Oh he was very manipulative, uh very controlling. Uh so I pretty much left that ministry uh and started working in IT at an auto mall. But I was still very involved in church. Uh, So I was kind of doing both, and I've been in IT now for seven years, but kind of just kind of got away from the church scene just because uh, so much was happening, it always just seemed like there was no one I could trust, Mm -hmm. and I just always felt super used, so.
0: Oh my god, there's so much to unpack there. (laughs) 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 Uh, When did you start having doubts? about the church like what I mean I know you had that incident with the pastor would you say that was the catalyst that sort of started nudging you out or had you been having doubts before
1: so he was the first doubt and then you know when you so I completely left that that church and went to another one and then I just started noticing the same traits in people and in leaders Mm. and then the last church I went to was which was a home church uh, because I moved back home because I uh, got a job that was closer to my hometown. So I just stayed in my hometown and just drove an hour to work. Uh, And Mm. I started helping out there. And it was the same issues of just pastors wanting to control, uh, manipulating people. And it just got to a place where it was just so unhealthy for me. Wow. And it was unhealthy for my family. Did they know what you were going through? Oh, absolutely. Because uh, my family, they were also involved in ministry as well. And they had always had issues with the church that we grew up in. So when I came home, I was actually just trying to help. But it turned out that, you know, the same issues come up. you have been used. People are going behind your back. Uh, How's your relationship with your family? I know
0: your your mom seems pretty cool. Yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah my, my mom's really great. Um, I've seen her on Facebook. You know... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she, she's so funny. And my mom has, you know, because she went through the whole church phase with me, she kind of left at the same time I did but she's still very much a Christian still goes to church but she's definitely relaxed a lot Mm -hmm. and she realizes that a lot of our theology that was uh based on control and so she's she's also going through her own process as well so it's really interesting to see like my mom cusses now
0: oh oh, shit (laughs) right (laughs) She's (laughs) breaking
1: bad over here. Right, right. So she's just, you can tell she's a lot more freer than she's ever been. So I'm really proud of her because it's hard to change at that age. Oh, I can't (laughs) even imagine. I
0: I don't know any of my friend's parents that have done that. That's so special that you got to, you're going through this change at the same time and you can support each other.
1: Like, I, right. I've never heard of that happening to
0: anyone. She, like, she's right. really special.
1: Oh, yeah. She, she's great. And I have a pretty small family, so uh, we pretty much stick really close to each other. And uh, we've had a lot of battles in the past three to four years. And
0: Well, it sounds like a lot has changed for you in the last three to four years. Oh,
1: absolutely.
0: <laughs> okay, so... You moved back to Shreveport, and you were in the home church, and you're you're slowly starting to doubt more and more. And it sounds like your mom was going through the same thing, had right. been going through the same thing. Right. So, so, so did it just keep escalating?
1: It did. And then my Aunt Sherry, who was the secretary, ended up getting very sick. She had a stroke, and she had a heart attack. And also, at the same time, my grandma was also in the hospital. So being that there's only really four people in our family, that means that my mom and I really had to take up the load and uh, just be there for both of them. So, while we're going through all that, we have church issues as well. They're not really being supportive.
0: I hate that. Like That's literally (laughs) their job.
1: Right. You know, my mom, my family in general has donated thousands of dollars to that ministry and they really didn't help financially either and not saying they had to pay our bills or something but right but there's other things you
0: can do to help like if especially if you're a church a community like that right if uh, i have so many feelings about that
1: (laughs) right and it and it just Instead of caring about my family, it was more of why aren't you at church helping? We have Easter coming up; you should be here.
0: Piling on the guilt,
1: right? And then it just it it just escalated so so bad until our last conversation that I had with the pastor. Pretty much, he was just like, "I release you," and I took that as oh, so you don't want me to come to church here anymore. Wow. So I just never went back. I just never went back. And so that kind of, that really started my, my doubt and just changing the way I view God. I also lost a friend to suicide that summer. Oh, I'm sorry. And uh, So that really definitely started like a lot of my questions. And once you have one question, you really just start to uh, deconstruct all of them
0: totally.
1: Uh, so so what did that, that
0: what did that look like for you? like deconstructing what you knew your whole life?
1: It started off with the afterlife uh, because <laughs> um, of your friend's suicide because, right. So I really because you know how some evangelical Christians believe that anyone that commits suicide is going to hell yeah I'm. Sorry. Um, yeah and so that brought up a lot of questions for me and so I was just like I need to figure this out because I don't know if I can believe in a God that sends people to hell yeah and so I actually started reading Rob Bell's book, Love Wins, and it just completely uh, changed everything for me. And What's the book about? I've never read it. I've heard of it. Pretty much it's just about the afterlife and like how it started. And he walks you through kind of like centuries of those beliefs, and it's a good book. Nice. <laughs> it's so good. I was struggling, like I was dealing with depression, and uh, I felt like I had lost everything. I had lost friends. You know, I finally was feeling like I kind of belonged, and then kind of getting outcast again. Uh, it was a big adjustment for me.
0: When you were going through a lot of adjustments in a very short span of time.
1: Right. And so that's how I started my deconstruction and then that's also when I discovered that I was bisexual as well. So
0: <laughs> just because things weren't difficult enough, you know, wanted to throw that
1: in there. <laughs> we just gonna throw that in there, and I was already affirming, but I had no idea that I was, you know, uh, bisexual we- as well. So when you say you were
0: affirming, you mean you didn't judge people who lived that lifestyle, right? Right. Right. And, and I mean, I there's a lot of judgment. It. Where we went to school, it was a big thing in Oklahoma. I don't know if we said where it was.
1: Absolutely. I I had no idea so many people were hiding their sexuality there.
0: Have you been on the Facebook group? There's like a Facebook group for um, people who went to our school who are now part of that community. Yes, and I have. it's amazing. Like, there are so many. And I mean... It makes sense. There's a lot of repression right. in that world. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely.
0: So, what did your awakening look like?
1: <laughs> how did that How did that start? Did you have
0: Did you have any like hints growing up or like
1: I don't I know. Didn't feel like I did. <laughs> uh I've always been a tomboy. Uh but maybe just religion and my beliefs kind of uh just like smushed it. Lost. Right. Absolutely. And and also, I didn't really date either. Like <laughs> I didn't <laughs> I didn't date at all. I mean, I had crushes and crushes, but I didn't really date. I was just crushes completely on... focused on Jesus.
0: <laughs> Yo, as you do. Were, were your crushes on men and women?
1: Back then, it was only men, but now when I look back, I can see where I had crushes on women as well. I mean,
0: also, it's totally normal to, you know, only have crushes on one and then discover later, oh, hey, right. um, you know, th- I mean, that's, I I know you probably ha- agree, but um, sexuality is such a spectrum, right? and
1: right. that's
0: not something we were taught
1: absolutely not at all <laughs> not at all like i remember growing up and people that even appeared gay they would get called out in church they would get have to be prayed for and they got all all over their faces and wow. thinking that they're demon possessed so
0: oh yeah <laughs> didn't we have like a conversion pastor visit our school on speak once we had some crazy people visit
1: absolutely we definitely did <laughs> especially those last two years I was there definitely but we digress but yeah, we did. Um, so I found out because my my best friend he's gay and uh, we started going out to bars and stuff and just having a good time uh, that was like my first time actually going to bars yeah I mean they don't you have to
0: sign a, an honor code there uh, um, not not to drink not to do drugs not to have premarital sex all this stuff not to sw- it doesn't I think it says not to swear on there too I think it does. I think it does. I'd be curious I to, to see. I, I want to hunt down a freshman and be like, hey, send me a copy of your honor code. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my yeah. God. Okay, yeah. So what was that like going to bars for the first time as an
1: adult, like, ever? Oh, I, I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> I was just, I was just like, wait, this is what people have been against forever?
0: Had you, like, drunk
1: before? Yes. Okay. Yes. I actually sneaked in alcohol (gasps) as an RA. Key! Oh, yeah. Oh, my God.
0: Just one time, but I did. (laughs) Wow, that's so badass. (laughs) (laughs) So you started going out to bars?
1: Started going out to bars, and... Uh, my best friend was friend with was friends with this girl, and I was like, "Oh, she's cute. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, we started hanging out more, and I was just like, "Wait a minute, I think I like her. And it was really just that simple for me.
0: You didn't uh, have any like residual guilt or anything or inner turmoil,
1: none at all. I mean good. Uh, it it was so natural for me. And I think for the first time I was just like, "Oh, this is who I'm I'm truly am without any influence from religion." Wow. And the only thing that scared me was telling my family and friends. And yeah. that's, that's what scared me the most. Uh, my family is very religious. We have several pastors in my family. Of course, I was in ministry as well. Right. So, you know, I the thing I didn't want them to believe was that who I was before wasn't real. Hmm. Can you uh, can you expound on that a little bit? Right, you know a lot of people. Uh, when you become a different person, that who you were in the past was not who you were. You were not being genuine, right. um, and that you were a fake. No, I truly love Jesus. Yeah, I truly love ministry. Um, it served its purpose at that time
0: in your life. Right it was a vital rung on the ladder
1: right so i was never being fake (laughs) and so i think people uh think that once you change your sexuality that everything that you used to be was just you putting on yeah and that's not that's not my story that's such
0: an important message like i never thought about it before
1: right i I love ministry. I just don't like the hypocrisy in ministry. Right. (laughs) I love ministry, but I also, I just cannot be a part of a system that uses the Bible as a weapon. Yeah, exactly. So that that was my concern as well. And of course, losing friends was, a big concern as well. Um, Yeah. So it started off slow, just telling, you know, the people that were close to me and um, my best friends at first and a couple people from ORU as well. And I just took it one step at a time. I didn't do, I didn't do like a huge status update. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) I was just making small steps to show people that I've changed. What did those steps look like for you?
0: Like, how do you even begin to, you know, crawl out of your old identity and when the new identity is so, it's so scary when you're in that kind of environment, you know? Like, I'm I'm really curious, because I know a lot of people who are in a similar situation, that's what they're afraid of. They're afraid of telling people, They're afraid of being seen as fake or, uh, you know, whatever. Uh, so I think it would be, it's helpful to know, like, what small steps they can take to just kind of start right. trying on that new identity.
1: Right, right. For me, it was more of telling my close friends and getting their support. And then it started off kind of moving outwards. And there's still some family members that don't know because right now I don't trust them to know.
0: Right. You're not there yet. Maybe you never will be there. Exactly. Your priority is protecting yourself now.
1: Absolutely. So on Facebook, it's, you know, sharing different opinions, different political statements. It's uh, standing up for things that you might not have would have stand up for when you were a conservative Christian. It's just those small steps that people see. oh, he's not the same person he was. Well, yeah, I mean, coming from an outsider's
0: perspective, I I started, I mean, we, we didn't know each other that well. Like, I, you know, I was a freshman, you were a senior, but uh, we've been friends on Facebook, and I, I started noticing you post some stuff, like differing opinions than most people we went to school with. Uh, right. You know, your political views You've always been very outspoken about what you believe in And at least that's the impression I get You know, maybe you feel like you're uh, going slow But I don't know <laughs> I've always admired you as someone who speaks your
1: mind I, I also didn't have a choice either Because I went to the Women's March in 2016 I remember and so that after, after everyone saw that I attended that it kind of just blew up. And, uh, you know, my best friend works. He's, uh, works at the pharmacy in Walmart. And he was just like, hey, there's people in Walmart talking about how you went to the women's <gasps> march.
0: <laughs> no, this is in Louisiana? Yes. Is it a small town?
1: Yes, it's a very small Holy town. Holy <laughs> shit. Yeah.
0: Were you just like petrified?
1: You know, I really wasn't. At that time, I honestly just wanted to be happy. Yeah. And to actually do something for myself.
0: So that was four years ago. How have you been since then? A lot is happening in the world.
1: Oh, man. Life's been a journey. You know, every year I start the new year and I'm like, oh, it's going to be great. And then it just never goes away. I mean, yeah, the (laughs) last year, the
0: last year that we, I I feel like 2016 was the last (laughs) year for that. Every year since then it's just been worse and worse. Right. Talk about, you know, not being forced to be honest about your beliefs. I think this year in particular, everyone's true colors have come out.
1: Absolutely. Oh, so much. It's... (sighs) It's, How has your mental
0: health been in the last four years? <laughs> Let's go I, I, back to I, the root. <laughs>
1: I think it's, you know, it's been up and down, honestly. But this year, I'm finding it exhausting to be positive. Understandably so. Yesterday, I just had to take a day where I just sat in my house and didn't think about anything. I was just like, I'm tired. Like, I just, I just, I just want to be here. I don't, I don't want to think about anything. I don't want to see anything. I don't want to talk to people. I just, I just need to breathe for a moment. Yeah. And I, one of the things that's I've realized in the past four years is that people suck. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's going to be the name of the episode.
1: People suck. Newsflash. And, and it's so sad that you cannot trust people to do the right thing.
0: Yeah. So have you been continuing to find that outside of the church as well?
1: Absolutely. Not as much. I, I think the, the problem is in church, I had an expectation that people would do the right thing. Hmm. But when I'm out of church, I think I'm more, I have more grace for outside of the church system for some reason. I don't know, but.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, it it makes sense. Right. For me, I, I grew up being taught everyone was wicked and a sinner and deserved to go to hell. And we were saved from that you know, right. or, or we were predestined to be saved, which mm. is fucking crazy, oh. but um, yeah. but I don't know, <laughs> I guess truth? I always, I always just saw like, the worst in people automatically, like, I assumed people were bad until they proved themselves differently, and even though I'm no longer in the church, I still kind of think like that.
1: Right. I mean,
0: is that something you, you can relate to?
1: Now? Yes. <laughs> Before <laughs> <laughs> The old key wanted to believe the best in everyone. Wanted to give everyone a chance. Uh but the new key is not as trusting. Would
0: you say that's negative or
1: a positive? I think it's both. I th- I definitely think there has to be a balance. Right. With and who you trust and what you give the people and what you don't give the people and uh I think one of the things that I had to change with, with my mindset was I have to see people for who they are not for who I want them or wish they would be
0: wow and how did you come to that conclusion <laughs> <laughs> that's <'cause>, deep <laughs> <laughs> great advice
1: <laughs> because potential can looking at someone's potential when they're not there is dangerous like, yeah, for you and for them right right and I got to a point where I was just tired of getting shitted on. Yeah. I mean. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> it, <laughs> and I see warning signs and I'm not going to, you know, I'm I'm still, I'm like, oh, I see these warning signs. I see these red flags with just an ORU term. <laughs> you want to give them mercy though. <laughs> right. And end up I'm hurting myself yeah and I just had to really switch that behavior like so now if I see someone's been an asshole I'm not trying to save them and get them to be nice I'm just like okay, you are right you're an asshole I'm leaving <laughs> one of the biggest
0: realizations I've had in the last year was that you can afford to be picky about your friends
1: absolutely like you absolutely. should you should be
0: picky about the people you surround yourself with so i think absolutely. it's great that you, i i think it is a positive that you you are seeing people's true colors more easily
1: absolutely i yeah i'm very picky about who i have in my space and who i let truly get to know me and uh, it's really hard to get in because I've been hurt so much. When you've had pastors that have used your weaknesses against you, and you uh, you 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 start to become a person that doesn't trust people. And right now, I'm just trying to find a balance.
0: Uh, well, that brings me to the other topic you wanted to talk about, which is therapy.
1: Right. Uh,
0: how long have you been in therapy?
1: I've been in therapy since last, maybe June. I started therapy after uh, my best friend passed away last February. Hmm. And you actually know her. Oh, <laughs> passed away last fuck. February. Yeah. And uh, I had no idea. Yeah. she Yeah. Oh. Uh, Holy yeah. shit. Yeah. yeah. I didn't yeah. know. I mean, I didn't know she was struggling
0: I, I just yeah. knew you guys were super tight.
1: I, I, Christina, I don't know what happened. Fuck. I, so it came out of the blue? Yeah, absolutely. Fuck. Yeah. I, we have no idea what happened.
0: Oh my God.
1: Which makes it even worse, you know? Yeah. Uh,
0: so many questions
1: right never
0: get the, and you know she was probably repressed just like the rest of us right, you know? and right but she didn't talk about it i don't was she pretty active in that community I did, like the religious stuff
1: uh she was but she was starting to get out of it as well okay oh my god yeah, yeah so that it's weird it's so weird
0: yeah it, it's tragic Right. So you Uh, said, I mean, I'm glad you started therapy though. Absolutely. Like I, I was not well. Yeah. Like I. Had you been struggling with depression before?
1: Sorry for interrupting. Oh no. Uh, definitely suffer from like seasonal depression. Uh, so, uh. But nothing on that level. Right, right. Nothing on that level. Gosh, I, I couldn't sleep. I could eat because I'm an emotional eater. So I eat Mm -hmm. when I'm happy and I'm sad. (laughs) But I couldn't sleep. Uh, I was just, honestly, I was very like tormented. Like,
0: yeah, I mean, it's that's huge. That's something that turns your world upside down and just
1: changes you forever right and you know I was dating at that time and I just told her I was like listen I can't do this I was like right now I'm just I'm a mess and I, I think I tried to hide it for as long as I could and then once it started affecting like my health that's when I was like okay I gotta I got to get some help for this. And that's when I started going to therapy to really get me to talk about grief because I obsess over death. Really? Um, Yeah. Even when I was younger, I did as well. Mm -hmm. Um, When I say obsessed over death, it's like, like I envision like funerals and like those emotions of people close to me dying. And, Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it sucks. <laughs> so with with passing it it kind of really just brought that back on. And mm. but it was so excessive. Like I just did it all the time. That I just I mean, I was so depressed. Like I was didn't honestly I didn't want to go to work. <laughs> like mm. I was late to work all the time. Uh it really just did anyone in your family say
0: anything or try to get you help?
1: No, I, cause you said you were hiding I, it, but only, like, I was trying to hide it, but after, you know, I started not being able to sleep. I did tell my mom, I was like, listen, I'm not doing well. And I think I'm going to get some help. And she was like, okay, that's what you need to do then. And, uh, she was very supportive, and I think she knew I was struggling. Uh, yeah. She definitely knew I was struggling. And the sad thing is, is that my whole family was, you know, my best friend. She would come here all the time, and we would all hang out together. So mm. we all were grieving at the same time. My mom, you know, considered her like a daughter, you know, so... yeah.
0: Was that helpful for you to all grieve at the same time? Or did you find it getting in the way of your own grieving
1: process? I grieved kind of late anyway. So I was fine with it because I think I was still processing everything. Not that I was processing much because I was honestly just depressed. But yeah. <laughs> uh, but. I was fine with them grieving as well. Um I know how much my mom loved her and I really was. My mom went to the funeral with me and you know she was there for me every step of the way and Yeah.
0: So, when did you start seeing your therapist?
1: I started seeing her around June
0: of last year.
1: Of last year, right. And so, honestly, therapy has been life-changing for me. There's so many things that I didn't notice about myself that actually comes out of just from a third party, I'll say. Because your family, your friends, they love you. They're not really going to tell you what's wrong, especially for me. Like, it's hard for people for some reason to kind of stand up to me. I don't know why.
0: Well, yeah, the people who love you the most aren't usually going to call you out on
1: your bullshit right so she's been able to call out my bullshit and she's just like why are you so secretive one of the things that we're really working through has been the spiritual abuse that I've gone through with my church and she's just like she was the first person that actually said to me you were spiritually abused and like that was the first time I ever Heard that, and it was kind of like validation that I wasn't overreacting to the things that had happened to me.
0: Yes, a million times. Yes, <laughs> like it's so empowering when you put a name to it and you
1: you right. call it what it is,
0: and it's, it's. I mean, validation is the perfect word to describe it.
1: It's oh man. So I was able to just she she let me know that it was okay, whatever journey I wanted to. <laughs> to to go like she's like okay you don't want to believe in God let's talk about that okay this week you are a Christian let's talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> well I was gonna ask you what your what
0: your faith how your faith has changed through all this I mean it's been a journey for
1: sure yes you know I'm still discovering yeah and I'd like to say that I'm a universalist
0: what is that
1: Pretty much, I believe that all religions are connected, and I don't necessarily believe in a hell. I don't even know if there is an afterlife. Yeah. But if there is one, I truly believe that we're all going to be there. I just cannot believe in a God that sends his creation to hell.
0: Yeah.
1: I, I just refuse to accept that. So that's, yeah, that's... <laughs>
0: So you've been working through all that with your therapist.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. So just definitely working through that spiritual abuse, like changing how I see God, or even if I want to believe in God, we discussed that. That's so amazing that you
0: found someone like that.
1: Right. And she, she's, I think she's Methodist. So she goes to church, but she's just not about the shit either.
0: So, uh, that's even more impressive than, <laughs>
1: Right, right. So it really has opened up my world and, you know, I feel so much better. One of the things that I also struggle with because of Christianity is not feeling good enough. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's one of the things that I really hate about Christianity is I always felt like there was something more I had to work on. Hmm. And, you know, it's kind of like you're trying to run down a football field to get to the goalpost or to the goal line. And once you get there, someone says, oh no, you still got 10 more yards to go. Yep, <laughs> And there's another 10 yards. And that's how I felt. It's like I'm not good enough. And then it's like in that system is now is oh do I fit in? Am I cool enough now to be a leader in the church? And it's <laughs> what do you mean by that? <laughs> I feel like now it's like you see the celebrity pastors and how they dress and they all got all these cool friends and cool clothes and <laughs> yeah. I feel like that's kind of this movement christianity's heading into where you have to be a certain way to reach people they're all rich white people
0: (laughs) i mean right (laughs) i mean just from what i've seen on tv like i i try to shut that out now yeah
1: how let me ask you something because i know you seem like you've done a great job like trying to separate yourself from it and I have issues with that, and I don't know if it's because I'm in a small town, but how have you been able to separate?
0: Um, I moved not- across the country. It was yeah. very impulsive, and I literally separated myself as far as I could from from my family, really, and from all of that yeah. stuff. And um, it definitely works in separating yourself from it, but also... Um, I don't know you you tear yourself away so fast you can't really fix you don't have time to heal and so Mm. I still deal with a lot of that shit I just kind of am able to shut it out because you know uh it's just not a lot of that around here and and I miss and I miss my family I think I was too quick to like go super far away and I think it's all about balance like you said Right. I don't know I don't know man I (laughs) <laughs> I, I don't know what I'm doing I I mean no one does yeah no one does people no one suck does. no one knows what they're doing <laughs> no one knows so yeah I, I am like I separate myself from that stuff but mentally a lot of it is still I'm struggling with it still and I think I will be for a long time and that's why
1: right.
0: therapy is so important like what right. we went through was trauma and I don't, I don't always feel validated when I talk about it but we were messed up
1: (laughs) right absolutely (laughs) I
0: don't even know what I'm saying anymore I'm just like
1: (laughs) it's it's so like hard to talk about especially with people that didn't grow around churches
0: yeah well, yeah that's been my issue here in seattle right. a lot of people a it's... lot of people didn't go to church growing up which for me is weird like you heathens like where <laughs> what did you do on sunday sunday when did you wear your fancy church clothes <laughs> like what
1: on saturday nights.
0: <laughs> i know i have so many questions
1: i don't even know what that life is like not to
0: like what do you sing at Christmas time? Wow, <laughs> like,
1: everything evolved around church.
0: Yeah, and I do feel like there's a void in my life. Like there's some I do Absolutely. have some good memories. Like you, you said you really did love it when you were in it, and I have some great memories from church. I love the community. Uh, it was nice to have somewhere to be and have people who supported you, or you know, didn't support you, but you know, the community. And uh, now, you know, it's hard to find community as an adult.
1: Yeah, so. that's very true. That's so true.
0: How have you restructured your your community, like, since you decided
1: to leave the church? It's been tough. And I'll admit that. You know, I, I do have, like, a best friend here uh, in the small town that I'm in. But most of my friendships are either... Most of them are out of the state. Hmm. Uh, So it's a lot of uh, phone calls and Well, especially now, right? (laughs) Right, right. Uh, You know, my girlfriend lives four hours away, so you know, I'm not really around her as much either. How long have you guys been dating? Maybe like, it's been over a year. We did take a little break around the time my friend passed, but Hmm.
0: Okay, so it was the same person.
1: Right, it's the same person. Aww. So, what's she like? Oh, she's great. She's so sweet, but she's got a little a little kick. She's <laughs> a little firecracker. Yeah. <laughs> so that's exactly how I like my women. So, <laughs> <laughs> so you've met your match. Right, is what you're saying.
0: Yeah. Four hours though. That's a long, a long ways away
1: yeah it it it's really is but you know when you love someone you make those sacrifices so totally
0: yeah. so you, you feel like your the connections you have you know they might not be a lot but it sounds like they're definitely more supportive and genuine right
1: absolutely uh i i really do have some great friends i really man i i don't feel alone that's good because i know they're there I just live in a small town where there's shit to do.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think there's value to having friends scattered all over, too.
1: But I also love being alone. I also, I live by myself. I yeah. love it. Like, <laughs> Same. It's great. <laughs> you know, it's just me and my dog, Nora, and we're fine. How
0: have you been coping this year?
1: Oh, man. This year has been tough. I think this year has not been questioning my beliefs. It's been questioning humanity altogether.
0: Yeah, that um, makes sense.
1: Like, why have we not evolved? Why are we still holding on to past beliefs? Why are we not wanting to wear a mask? Mm, <laughs> yes. Say it again. <laughs> you know, I, these are the questions that I have. And I'm just like, are we just going to destroy each other? Yeah, I mean, we're on our way. It, it seems like it. So that's really what I've been struggling with this year. And then on top of that, I've been sick like probably 90% of the time this year. Oh, shit. So, yeah, I, uh, so I started in February. I had kind of the flu. And then mid-March, I got pneumonia. Oh shit! First of April. Oh, it keeps going. Uh, oh. <laughs> first of April, I started having like sharp chest pains, and they said they said quotation marks it was pleurisy. So they gave me a bunch oh, of shots for that. I felt fine for two weeks. The end of April, and I'm short of breath. Did <laughs> you die
0: of COVID?
1: No. <laughs> <laughs> Am I speaking with a ghost? (laughs) First of all, that would be awesome. Oh, no! (laughs) Oh, dear. This would be amazing. This podcast is (laughs)
0: such a bummer, dude. (laughs) I love it. I'm
1: just kidding. You're a ray of (laughs)
0: sunshine.
1: So, I... I'm short of breath. I can barely walk to the bathroom and I'm like, Mom, I, I gotta go to the doctor. I don't feel good. I need to go. So Monday <laughs> I go to the doctor. Of course they test me for COVID again, which is my third test, by the way. Oh my god. <laughs> and so he's like, Okay, you have pneumonia again I'm like, Oh my God, not a fucking again. <laughs> and then he's like okay we're gonna check for clots that sounds serious oh yeah so end up i have three to four clots in my chest and one behind my knee and i'm rushed to the emergency room the next day oh my god
0: how how does that happen (laughs) like how how do you get pneumonia twice and get all these clots like I, I mean, obviously, that I, 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 sucks. I'm sorry it happened to you. Are,
1: are you okay now? Oh, I'm I'm great now. Like, finally, I'm great. <laughs> but I I was in the ICU. I was in COVID ICU, by the way, <gasps> for a week. Holy shit!
0: So if you didn't have um, COVID going in, you got it going out. <laughs> <laughs> Basically. <laughs> oh man, that's so fucked up. <laughs>
1: Wait, so he, I, I get in the ICU, like my blood pressure was really bad. So I had probably, once I finally got in my room, my blood pressure was still probably like 190 over 130. So it was, it was, it was bad.
0: Yeah. I don't know what those numbers mean.
1: <laughs> your blood pressure is supposed to be under 120. Oh shit. At over was, like, yeah. So, so it was bad. Yeah, it was pretty bad. My oxygen level was in the 80s, and so the doctor, he's just he comes in there and he's saying, "Hey, we may have to put you on the vent." And I'm just, I told him, I said, "No, you are not putting me on the vent." Yeah, <laughs> I was. I said I don't have COVID, and he just looked at me, <laughs> and he's. Just... <laughs> oh my god! He looks at me. And he says, "Well, you know." That you can die if this does not get better. And I said, well, that's just a consequence I will die for. <laughs> oh,
0: no, you did not.
1: Did oh, you really yes. say that to him? Oh, my God. You're my hero. Yes. Like, I was, <laughs> no. I was just like, nope, I'm not doing it. And so, you know, I finally get better. He comes back around, like, Saturday. He apologizes to me. Good. And he's he's just like, I'm really sorry. I wanted to get on the bench. I'm so happy you're doing better. Um, All right. <laughs> but yes, it was such, it's been such a long year. <laughs> you, you, that's a lot. <laughs> that's
0: <laughs> a lot for anyone to deal with. Yes. Do you like, feel like you have it, enough support in your life right now?
1: Um, I do. Um, Like, how have you been coping? Oh, man. With, with. Just your mental health. You know, the ICU thing was, at the time, I didn't have time to be scared. mm -hmm. Because it was literally like, oh, I'm trying to live. So let me do everything I need to do while I'm in here. But after I got out, it was hard. You were scared that you got it? Oh, I was absolutely scared. Um, a lot of p t s d which honestly, I'm just now getting over the p t s d and I'm finally able to like go to sleep regularly now nice. um it's been really hard, like when I got at the doctor, I was checking like my oxygen saturation like every hour, <laughs> yeah <laughs> like I was just so freaked out, and you know with clots and stuff, you can't smoke, so I didn't have anything to really to quell that anxiety, know. right? Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh my god. So. I I would just be like, I'm I'm dying, you know. Right. I'm... <laughs> Give me my drugs. <laughs> right.
1: Give me my drugs.
0: Everyone's dying anyway.
1: Oh geez. So I don't know. This yeah. year,
0: this year, you'd think you know everyone would be suicidal, but I I right. feel like I don't know. There's an appreciation for life too that I'm feeling very intensely these days that's weird
1: right damn we've seen so much death this year we're just happy to still be here right it's been a hard year and it's not just for me I know it's for everybody everyone's going through it and uh so the
0: year is halfway over over halfway over that's fucking crazy like What are your goals moving forward? Like, survival (laughs) strategy, I guess.
1: (laughs) I was just about to say, my goal is to survive. (laughs)
0: Yeah. As I was saying that, I hated myself. It's just like, okay.
1: But you know what I mean?
0: Like, I mean, true, though. What have you learned from the first half of the year that you were going to carry with you into the second half? Or like observations you've made? I don't know. I mean, people suck. That's that's a big one. That's that's definitely one. Um, I guess how is that going to change how you live, you know, moving forward? I think
1: appreciating the people that's around you, like that's one of the things that. Oh man, when I was in ICU, like people really were concerned, and like if I ever thought that I was alone, that week showed me that I wasn't. Wow. Like, just so many people checking up on me and asking my mom for updates. And
0: I think so, that it sounds like that's been a theme in your life. Like, you, you have had some really supportive people through all the shit you've been dealing with. And, like, right. who knows how much worse it could have been if you didn't, you know? Right.
1: And and I've lost some people, too. I mean, I right. have. And that sucks. But I like I said, in life, I'm learning that the people that should be around you will be around you. Like, yeah. I feel like the universe sends you the people you need at the right time. Oh, I really do feel that way. Um, you know, people can say it's God, can say it's the universe, whatever you want to say. Yeah. <laughs> life Life is such a journey. Mm-hmm. And I think that this is a hard time. But if we live, pretty much, I'm just saying this too shall pass. Like, yeah, like it's it's gonna pass. We just we gotta stay safe, appreciate the people around you, appreciate the people around you, be, be me. picky
0: about the people around you,
1: right? Live like I remember going to the ICU, and I was just like, I'm not ready to die. Like, it, and I said, oh my gosh, like it made me realize how much I had to live for I'm like man I'm in love like I'm finally able to control my own life like yeah. you know I, have uh, a great I got chills I have, a, <laughs> I have a great life like yeah you when, know, you it, when you say it when you state
0: the facts like that like it makes you realize like oh I I have a lot to live for right and i you know it sucks that it took such a to to get there but you got there and I think that's valuable
1: absolutely so man I the one thing that I'm trying not to and and I have to really work on this is not let what I see on social media and like people that I grew up with that are racist or Mm -hmm. I'm trying not to let that affect me and like bring down my energy
0: when it comes to blocking people, like, are what's your view on that? Because I know some people just block everyone who disagrees with them. You seem to have really, you're really good about having conversations with people, like in the comments, like it seems like you try to see different points of view or like have a debate, but you know, people suck as we've established, so <laughs> it's, you can't reason with some people. So like, how have you been dealing with those hateful
1: people in your social media? Oh man. <laughs> I feel like I get blocked more than I block people, <laughs> But I love hearing people's perspectives. Now, I do have boundaries that you will not cross on my page. And number one, you will not be homophobic. And number two, you cannot just, you you better not, I better not see you calling someone a, the N-word or anything like that. You have people uh, like that
0: on your feed?
1: Not this year. Oh my God. I have before, and that's when the block happened. But it's just
0: so sad to me that I mean, the people like we're these are people we were friends with at one point.
1: Absolutely,
0: we both come from that sort of background, so it could have been us, you know.
1: Right. Like, why
0: were we the ones that had awakenings? <laughs> like, we could have easily still be in the bubble.
1: Right. It's it's so weird though because I have people message me and be like, "How are you friends with that person?" and I'm like, "I didn't know they were like that." Yeah. <laughs> I'm
0: that's like, so I'm true. I'm sorry,
1: I did not know. Like I didn't know. But there's also people that I don't have the same uh belief system as or they're Republican and I know 100% that if I'm got a flat tire in the middle of nowhere I can call them and they'll come they'll come and help me like so and a lot of people don't even know the reason they believe in they not saying that's an excuse well it's ignorance right right don't do any research they only know mom and dad love fox news they never heard that hey maybe I can read the bible a different way maybe this story isn't real maybe it's just something that I can learn from a lot yeah. of people just have not been taught to critically think
0: yeah it,
1: you hit the <laughs> nail on
0: the head I can't
1: <laughs> say anything else but that and and that's what we're seeing that's oh man and we're seeing it so much and unfortunately because of that you know we elected, elected a narcissist and mm-hmm. um, <laughs> yep and that's a lot to talk about there, but...
0: I know. Do you feel like there's going to be more awakenings? Like, are you... I guess what I'm asking is moving... Like, you can do two things. You can keep trying to educate them, or you can just kind of, like, be like, this isn't my job. I don't have the energy for this. Like, are you feeling more hopeful right now? Or, like... I don't know. I don't know either. I don't know.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It depends. Like, on some things, I'm like, oh my, I'm like, dude, you just gonna have to get a book. Yeah. I'm not about to explain all this. Like, yeah. I can give you some resources, but that's it.
0: It doesn't matter.
1: It doesn't. Why? Right? I mean,
0: they're rejecting science itself.
1: Oh, like, man.
0: You cannot argue with science to someone who doesn't believe in science, which is crazy to me how you cannot. Believe in science,
1: right? When it was a subject in school. Uh,
0: <laughs> yeah, that's a whole other podcast episode.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh, it is right, and I—I yeah. I honestly almost think it's a cult. Like, mm. I don't understand why people still put up with Trump's shit.
0: I don't either. It's—I mean, a lot of people agree with, like, they agree with certain policies I guess like I'm I'm thinking of like pro-life people right in particular I don't know I don't know it's been a while since I even tried to put myself in their perspective
1: to be honest it's really hard to put myself in their perspective too
0: so how are you going to take care of yourself what are some good self-care tips that you've learned from this year
1: boundaries definitely boundaries. Uh, Learning that no matter what I say, some people will not change their opinion. They won't change their perspective. And that's not my fault. It may not be what I'm supposed to do. Maybe someone else will get to that person or maybe they
0: just won't
1: change.
0: Yeah, that's (laughs) always a possibility. It sucks if we love the person to admit that maybe they just won't change. But Maybe they're thinking the same thing about you, you know? Uh, and that key are. person, she, she's just never going to change. She's never going to see the light. <laughs> <laughs> I know people say that about me. Oh,
1: I'm sure. Me too. <laughs>
0: but, like, that's no, you know, we don't have to worry about it. That's not I... our job.
1: Right. And I think there are times where you can meet in the middle, but there are some things that you have to pick a side. And I feel like right now, especially with, like, the killings of George Floyd and Breonna Taylor, yeah. like, you...
0: How could you possibly either. side with <laughs> right? the... Like, I just... I mean, it's ignorance. <laughs> at, ignorance at best. Right. And that's being generous. It's,
1: right. You're either for me or you're against me at this point. Like... Yeah. I just need to know so I can act accordingly and I can block you, delete you, we can go our separate ways.
0: So would you say boundaries and, you know?
1: For me, it's been boundaries. Number two is, like you said, picking my battles has definitely mm-hmm. been a a huge thing for me this year. Um, if I cannot solve it, I'm not going to waste my energy on it. Or if there's not anything I can do to help the situation. Of course, like, there's not much I can do as far as, like, to Breonna Taylor. But I can call. Yeah. I can post stuff on so- social media and get awareness out there. But as far as, like, my daily life and the things that I can't control or there's not a solution for, I'm trying my best not to worry about that. That's really um,
0: hard when you, so ha- much. when it's you so are hard. aware of you know so- social justice discrepancies and like all the tragic things that are happening everywhere, it's really hard to accept your limitations and recognize when you've done all you can, right. and step away for your own mental health. But that's really hard.
1: It's so hard, and I think a lot of people probably like feel some guilt because. When I got out the ICU, I pretty much could not do anything. And that was right around the time protests started happening. Oh, and wow. I felt so much guilt that I couldn't be a part of it.
0: Oh, I mean, I, I understand why, but also you're lying in bed with blood clots. <laughs> <laughs> Pneumonia. Right? COVID I germs don't. all over you. <laughs> you should not be protesting. I know I know no but I totally I totally get the guilt uh just helplessness
1: right and and I'm I'm so that person where I'm just like my ancestors did it how dare me not do it like yeah like I'm so extreme when it comes to that type of stuff and and so I had to learn like okay you cannot protest but there's other things you can do you can Mm -hmm you know give money to bail funds you can post things on social media so yeah I, having to learn and i think this is for all of us learning to rest mm, <laughs> amen live to fight another day right mentally rest too totally gosh that's hard yeah uh, but yeah mentally rest and Try to keep a positive attitude, which is extremely hard for me
0: Uh, because I'm
1: I'm such a realist. You know, my girlfriend tells me all the time, babe, just be hopeful for one time. Like, why (laughs) you got to go to the negative? I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm working on it. Have you seen (laughs) the world?
0: (laughs) I mean, it's like you said, it's all about balance. It comes down to balance. But when you were raised in such an extreme... You know, environment Uh, balance is something that's not a thing. Like, it's either one way or the other. There's no in between. Exactly. so many extremes. So, I think learning to forgive yourself and go easier on yourself and Mm, embracing those gray areas is a hard thing. And
1: Let me ask you this, because you just said learning to forgive yourself. I remember when I was coming out of, like, deconstruction, like, I was going to deconstruction, and I started realizing... How pre- not prejudiced I was towards certain people or how mm-hmm. I thought uh, people that did certain things were, you know, sinful or just not of Christ or, yeah. you know, all the, the wordings. And I felt so much guilt. For judging them? Yeah, for yeah. realizing it. Um,
0: I think all you can do is acknowledge it and try to be better.
1: Right. Did you feel guilty about some of that? Because I had to deal with that a lot, just getting, forgiving myself and...
0: Well, yeah, I mean, I didn't it come out as an, a non-believer until I was 22. Uh, I really tried super hard to be a good Christian. It just uh, wasn't meant to be. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but, I mean, for me, the doubt started... Manifesting itself when I started judging my my non-believing friends and asking myself like why do I care if you know Fred smokes weed or like you know they're having sex before marriage like why why am I judging them so hard Uh, you know just like starting to ask myself why I was feeling certain ways towards people Um, and it's a process
1: I I feel like I'll always
0: be fighting against those prejudices in my head it's and that in turn makes me feel guilty like you just like you were saying it's just like a cycle that it's really hard to break out of but I mean if I had any advice it would just be keep acknowledging it and just try to be a little bit better like and doing what you can like you said just even if it's small just do what you can and live to fight another day
1: (laughs) I think that's the Beautiful thing about getting out of religion is you have so much more grace for yourself. Totally, which is ironic, right? <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, wow! Grace is like a trigger word now. <laughs> just kidding, right?
1: Gosh, but like. yeah,
0: it's it's even just relearning language, like learning to associate words like grace with positive things.
1: You're right. I'm just, I'm oh, really man. proud
0: of us. Me too. <laughs> We're just going to keep getting better.
1: That's right. That's right. That's right. It's so crazy how you realize that you haven't been living life and now you are. And. hmm I just think back to the way I used to be. I'm just like, damn, I've changed so much. <laughs>
0: yeah, I mean, that's the goal, right? To be able to look right. back and see you've changed. I mean, I wouldn't want to be the same person I was nine years ago.
1: Right. Oh, me either. Oh. Good Lord, no. And, you know, maybe all the changes
0: won't be as dramatic as they've been in the last decade. <laughs> but, <laughs> that's right. that's I mean, right. I, I'm so proud of you, though, for, like, all the... Everything you've gone through and the person you are now, you're just a really great role model and and that includes your imperfections, you know? You're very transparent and I love that. It, it, oh. So, I really appreciate
1: you. Well, I appreciate you too and I want to catch up some more. Oh, for like, real? I don't, know, I don't know if I can, like, book another session. <laughs> yeah?
0: No. <laughs> Dude, I am free anytime. Also, I love that you said book another session like I'm a therapist or something. (laughs) Shit, should I be charging for
1: this?
0: (laughs) If the next six months are anything like the last, then I'm going to have you back on here and we're going to rant.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Just talking about shit we're upset about.
0: Yeah. I mean, that sounds like fun to me.
1: Oh my gosh, if Trump wins again in November, I'm just gonna go oh. under a rock. Oh, I'm I'm
0: drinking again. <laughs> if he wins <laughs> I told my boyfriend, I was like, election night, I might have a beer, don't judge me.
1: <laughs> I mean, yeah, oh, it's so you're sober.
0: Uh yeah. I mean I smoke weed and stuff. I don't really yeah. call myself sober, but I don't drink anymore.
1: Okay. It okay. just makes
0: me suicidal and crazy. Okay uh yeah it doesn't do anything for me but uh you know it ha- maybe in the future I might I don't know I don't know what the future holds but right now I don't drink
1: okay okay never with that yeah
0: um is there anything else you want to add before we say goodbye
1: I don't think I don't think so
0: you we covered a lot this was a media yeah. episode <laughs> yeah yeah I feel like people are just gonna be like their emotions are gonna be stripped raw after this. And, you know, they're gonna be like, "What the fuck did I just listen to?" And what what am I supposed to do now?
1: <laughs> oh no! Uh, I they love you so much. <laughs> yeah. So value the people that's around you.
0: <laughs> Basically, yeah. Invite them on your podcast and you know get angry together. That's that's it's oh, beautiful. well thank you so much for doing this key i miss you so much and like this was so good this was so good uh we should do it again
1: yes please
0: all right girl (laughs) have a good night all right (laughs) bye bye